Hi, everybody. Welcome to another PR Masters podcast, where you get to hear the stories and wisdom of our industry's most successful leaders and legends. I'm Art Stevens, your host, and I'm pleased to report that today's guest is number 72 in our four-year-long podcast series. And she is Rosanna Fisk, a good friend, somebody I've known through the Public Relations Society of America and have followed her career you know, with, with great interest because she is a leader in our industry and she is truly a PR master. Rosanna Fisk is the former Global Chief Communications Officer for Royal Caribbean Group, leading the company's overall communication strategy, including the development and execution of all external and internal communications around the world. Rosanna has more than 30 years of experience designing strategic communications initiatives, both within the U.S. and internationally, including being Senior Vice President and Corporate Communications Leader at Wells Fargo. She was Chair and CEO of the Public Relations Society of America, which is based in New York, and she was heading the master's program in global strategic communications at Florida International University. Rosanna has worked in global public relations. Uh, she's worked in uh, public relations agencies that span the globe, leading campaigns and initiatives with a number of brands that you would recognize, such as Charles Schwab, American Airlines, GE, Absolute Vodka, there's a favorite one of mine, Google, Visa, and MTV Networks. So it is my pride and joy today to welcome a dear friend whom I've known for a number of years now, primarily through PRSA, Rosanna Fisk. Rosanna, good morning and welcome to PR Masters Podcast Series. Well, hello there, and it's so great to be here with you this morning. I'm really looking forward to having a, a great conversation with you, Art, as we always do. And, uh, yes, we do. And looking, yes, we do. Yeah, and looking forward to see what you have in store for me today. <laughs> nothing, nothing that will jar you out of your chair, I can assure you. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, first of all, of course, I, I want to share with our listeners that you and I, you know, have worked together on the PRSA. As you know, I've been on the national board. I've been an officer and uh, have watched you carry the organization in your own image and, have, and did a wonderful job as chairman of PRSA. So I want to ask you initially, I want to start with the subject of uh, how you got into public relations. So we all get into it in different ways, some accidentally and some by design. Was yours by accident or design? How did you get into it? That's a great question. Um, actually, it was by accident. I, I was a reporter, and one of my sources that I uh, would go to often actually said to me, you know, I wish I had someone on my team that would ask the kinds of questions that you tend to ask me. Uh, you always make me think. You always make me wonder more about the things that we're doing as a company, and I wish that I had that as part of my team. And so he actually, you know, he didn't necessarily say public relations or communications at that point. He actually said, you know, I want, would you consider being part of my marketing team? And, you know, of course, at the time, being a reporter, I was not happy about that. I was like, what? Marketing? No, that is so far from what I do. <laughs> the more that I, yeah, the more that I found out about it, um, the more I realized that it really was very far from what I did, but there were some, uh, you know, there was some affinity there. 
And so um, one big, big tempting opportunity was to move south and to move to the warm climate of South Florida. And um, from, I went from for where? it. From where? <laughs> from New York City. So I was oh. a reporter in New York City. Oh, okay. And yeah, and so the opportunity that he offered me was to, you know, if I wanted to take it, was to move to South Florida. And so by accident, I fell into a corporate marketing position that then, uh, as I rose through the ranks, involved PR and involved communications. And so it was by accident. And really, I have to say, I have to, I have to give chops to the, the attraction of South Florida <laughs> and the warm climate for attracting me into a different role than being a reporter. And, um, and that's how I got into PR. We all find different ways to get into it, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> sure do. And yeah, and so you have been in it, you know, ever since. But and also, you obviously have risen through the ranks, and you've taken leadership roles uh, as you have in PRSA, and obviously the the major positions you've had in 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 some significant corporations. So you are, of course, of uh, Hispanic heritage, and you play mm -hmm. a very meaningful role, you know, in terms of diversity. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Were you born in the U.S. or were your parents? Tell us your background on that. Sure. No, I was born in Cuba. I'm actually okay. a Cuban-American. Um, uh -huh. And, yeah, so I'm, my kids are first generation, but, I, you know, I am an immigrant. And, um, you know, in the words of Lin-Manuel Miranda, you know, immigrants, we get the job done. And so, um, you know, I have to tell you that my, my dad was a, a photojournalist, and I always thought that what he did and what he covered was, there's no other way to put it, but being in, you know, as he was developing photos in the dark room and me being a little girl sitting right next to him watching these images come to life um, and seeing these, you know, this incredible coverage that he was doing, really fascinated me. And so since I was very young, I wanted to tell, you know, the human story, wanted to really be part of building history and telling the stories as they happened. And, and you know, the part of um, being Hispanic has played a big role in that because I'm able to really look at stories from different perspectives. And I mean, that we all do, right? All of us who are storytellers look at stories from different perspectives. I think when you bring the diversity lens into it, you're that much more uh, versatile when it comes to storytelling. And so, um, yeah, I'm I'm proud to be a Hispanic woman. I'm proud to be a Cuban American, and I love the fact that my diversity I, I call it my super strength um, because it's really part of of what I do every day, and it helps me, um, you know, in my role every day. You know, when, when, when we're talking public relations, and I'm going out a little bit, but part, part of the work that we do is anticipate and analyze and, and interpret public opinion and, and attitudes and issues um, and how those might have an impact for, you know, you would hope for good or even for ill uh, in an organization. And I think when you have that, that ability in your, in your mind, in your brain, to be able to um, look at a situation and be able to understand what's the what's the right way, the best way to tell that story in the most simplified, less complex way possible, um, that makes you an asset to any organization. And so, you know, I find what we do great. I find my super strength of diversity even 
a big plus into that. So. So where do you think diversity is now in the world of public relations? It is an area that obviously has reached the top of our priority list. We are discussing uh, diversity and means, you know, by which, you know, diverse uh, segments of of our, you know, particularly our college population turn to public relations as a career. How do you feel that's going? You know, I've been hearing about diversity and the work that we've been doing in diversity for 25 plus years and yeah. you know there comes a yeah, there comes a point when you're saying okay when when is this really going to get through when is this really going to happen and and the truth of the matter is that we have to look at the power of culture um you know where where the the industry is 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 frankly so far behind where we are with you know the rest of culture in the US and in the world so when you look at PR, right, and you look at the fact that maybe, what, 20% of PR practitioners are of diverse background um, or call the, you know, self-identify, call themselves diverse, that's really not what's keeping with the rest of the U.S. where you now have nearly half of, of Americans classifying themselves in some way, shape, or form as diverse. And so when you think about all of that, it's it's really a lot of work that we still have to do, but it still feels like we've done a lot of work. Um, we just have so many more different things to do. So, you know, we, I was part of the of the PR Week Changemakers. Um, it, this was a group that was brought together, you know, by PR Week and Google, and we all came together to decide and, frankly, to to find. Who were the agencies? What were the agencies that were doing the really great work in diversity? And we concentrated on agencies because we thought this is where so much of the talent is built um, in the public relations industry. And what we found was, and this was a unanimous decision, um, that there were no change makers right now. There were steps being taken to get there. You know, there were a number of agencies that are, are doing things but that that there wasn't one or more than one that we could classify and award um, the change maker honor because there was still so much that needed to be done. And so when we're talking about the industry, you have to talk about a sustainable effort, an effort and an action plan and a result um, that takes years in the making. And what we see is continuous effort, no doubt about it. But what we're not seeing is enough action and enough results. And so, um, you know, I, I don't know if that tells you, uh, that answers your question. That's how, kind of how I'm thinking about where diversity is today in the industry and where we need to be. It's in progress, I guess you might say. Uh, yeah. It's a moving target, I presume, you know, with a changing society as a whole, isn't it? It is. And you know what? It's it's interesting because, you know, for, for all of us, I guess you could say old timers, right? Um, we all have been with a client that has sat in front of us and said, okay, I see a lot of activity. I see a lot of effort, but okay, where's the impact? Where is the change? Where is the result? And I, you know, what we're seeing is those are slow. Uh, they're coming, but they're slow to come. 
And so, you know, with the Diversity Action Alliance, with, um, you know, a couple of other groups that have been become even more visible and more poignant in our organization, um, uh, the Hispanic PR Association, for example, now being led by Sonia Diaz. Uh, you have Lisa Ross at Edelman, who's now heading the agency. And Oscar Suris, you know, president of Edelman, New York. And, and a number of others that, um, you know, to Rod Neptune that was just mentioned last week in, in one of our trade publications as now not just leading communications and brand, but taking on other aspects of the organization. So these leaders are really taking steps to, to change the industry, to make it more diverse, to show action and results um, and not just effort. So when you say it's in progress, I want to say let's hope that we have more than in progress, right? Let's hope that we're more on the other side and, and thinking about uh, a client relationship, right? They're going to want more than just effort and progress. They're going to want action and results. And so that's that's where we need to be. Rosanna, is there any one event or activity that's taken place in the last 20 years that you feel has contributed greatly to the element of diversity in the uh, public relations industry. You were obviously chair of PRSA, and I know that uh, diversity was certainly, you know, one of your priorities, uh, you know, during your terms mm -hmm. in office and in, in the various offices that you held. Uh, in fact, let's turn to PRSA. Did PRSA come up with any activities or events, you know, that you feel, you know, thrust the whole movement of diversity forward? You know, PRSA has been um, very active in diversity for a long time. The issue that we have, I think, with PRSA and with any of the communications organizations is keeping the talent involved, right, and, and making sure that we have a pipeline of talent continuing to come forward um, into leadership roles. So I was chair of PRSA, chair and CEO of PRSA. I was the first Latina to hold that position, and that was in 2011. And I remember reading um, um, a scholarly journal by Bailing Shaw that very same year where she talked about diversity and leadership, and she talked about, I, I, I hate to call it this, but that's what she called it, the Fisk effect and how that would translate <laughs> into, you know, further uh, leaders of people of color coming into the ranks of uh, communications organizations and seeing a, a hopefully more of that talent grow throughout the years. And, you know, I, I, I have to use PRSA as an example because we have seen more, much more talent step forward into leadership roles of PRSA. For example, just last year, the, the chair of PRSA was Felicia Blow, um, an African-American woman. This year, we have um, another member of the board of directors who is an African-American man, and we have also a Hispanic woman. So it's, it's really interesting. And, and, of course, I'm also defining uh, diversity in terms of ethnicity, and we all know that diversity takes on a whole lot of other dimensions than just ethnicity. Um, but in this case, you know, let's look at it from the perspective of, of racial and ethnic diversity. And we have seen that in the last, you know, 10, 12 years, there has been growth in the diverse makeup of leadership positions in organizations. What we haven't seen um, as often is the same 
opportunities translate in corporate and in agency. Well, you know, it's taken a lot longer to see, you know, the diverse talent leading corporate teams, leading agencies, um, you know, being managing directors, uh, presidents of agencies in different uh, public, uh, let's say, uh, public relations practices, corporate practices, and so on. And I would love to see us now that we have built that pipeline to some degree, yes, there's more work that needs to be done, but to some degree, I would love to see how that translates into leadership roles. And so um, you asked for one moment in time. I think one of the key things that have happened has been that building that pipeline in different organizations. So I don't know if that's one moment, more like a continuous movement. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and another one, I think the PRSA Foundation has done a great deal of work around diversity. And I have loved seeing, um, you know, what Eris Ellis did around her efforts as leader of the PRSA Foundation and bringing new energy to it and um, a, a great sense of uh, drive and purpose around diversity. So. Yeah. Anyway, I hope that answers that question. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, you and I are both members of the uh, of the Page Society. You know, I guess originally yes. called the Author Page Society, and you know, I recently had the opportunity to go through the in- entire membership directory to just get a sense of uh, of call it the breakdown of uh, uh-huh. uh, ethnic and diverse participation. You know, in the corporate ranks and also you know top agencies. I, you know, I did notice that many of the major corporations do have, you know, a representation in in terms of, you know, ethnicity and and diversity. Companies, you know, from Procter and Gamble, you know, to uh, to Pitney Bowes and what have you, you know, that there are some very, you know, very very strong and capable leaders uh, among ethnic and diverse groups that participate in major corporations. What's your view on that? Yeah, you know, like I said, I think the pipeline is growing. I I just wish it were faster. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I do think that there have been some great strides that we've achieved in the last, you know, two, three years when it comes to that. So to your point about the membership and page society and seeing um, changes at the top, I, you know, I just want to ask, what are those leaders doing to build the pipeline, you know, to pass the baton, so to speak, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. to the next generation and keeping those ranks diverse? I I committed it when I became a leader, you know, when I became an SVP at Wells Fargo, um, when I became CCO at Royal Caribbean Group. I was committed to bringing in diverse talent and to grow that talent, to see them flourish, to see them bloom the way that I have been a, a talent developer of all talent, but make a special concerted effort of, of really building, um, building that talent and developing that talent. And so I'd love to see what has been done you know, from that end so that the Page Society 10 years from now has, you know, let's say 50% of its members are of diverse backgrounds Mm -hmm. um, or self-identify as diverse. And it's more reflective of, you know, of society, of of, of our marketplace. And so to your point, yes, definitely it's better. I think we need to be doing more, and I think we need to be moving faster. So, um, you know, it's not just about setting the objectives and planning for them. 
but it's actually about, you know, recruiting and training and developing and managing the resources and really overseeing the creation that we, you know, that we want to see as a result. And so, um, yeah, we've made strides. We need to do better and more and, and faster. Rosanna, taking a step back for a moment, you know, you've been in public relations now, you know, for a good part of your life, obviously. Uh-huh. Where do you think uh, our noble profession is today? You know, the world is changing uh, dramatically in so many different ways. Are you satisfied with the role of public relations in contemporary society, or do you wish that it uh, would do things a little bit differently? What's your view on that? You know, one of the key aspects of what we do as leaders in public relations and communications is counseling our clients, uh, counseling management at all levels in, in an organization. And this could be in regards to policy decisions or um, you know, crisis communications, uh, public opinion, citizens, citizenship responsibilities, uh, reputation. I mean, it could take on any and all of those, right? The role of public relations as we continue to evolve is going to, I see it as taking on a bigger and bigger role on the counseling side. You know, all of the tactical pieces, of course, they're going to stay, they're, they're going to be there. But now we're all talking about chat PBT and artificial intelligence and, and what that's doing to, to the tactical implementation of our work. But what I think we, where our sweet spot is and can be even more is in counseling. It's in really listening to our clients, listening to our publics, listening to our employees and understanding what may be needed to really help tell the story and and to and to shape the story in a way that is for the public good for the public interest so you know where it's going i see us taking the steps of counseling even further i see us becoming um, better listeners i see us really analyzing and interpreting public opinion for our organizations becoming even more important than it has been uh, and it is today. And so if we really are going to be the communicators and, and the public relations professionals um, that we that we should be in the future, we need to really be great at, um, at counseling, at listening, at, you know, continuing to do research, continuing to think about where things may be headed and how do we get there again by doing the work of a great listener and a great analyzer and a great counselor. Well, switching the subject a little bit, Rosanna, not very much, but a little bit, uh, I want to spend a little time talking about you, okay? Okay. Those are your views and they're very valuable given who you are and the positions you've held. Tell us what you're currently doing. What are you spending your time on these days? So I actually left Royal Caribbean Group not too long ago, and I am taking, quote-unquote, a break. I don't know if we can call it a break because I've been doing uh, journalism and communications program accreditations and so on. I just got back from Howard University and doing um, the Cassie Hughes School of Communications uh, reaccreditation work there. And I have to tell you, it's been some of the more rewarding work I have done. 
um, I really felt like I needed to do something for my profession. And this has been just one outstanding way to give back. And at the same time, take a break uh, for a little bit. I, I, you know, the pandemic through the past two and a half, three years of dealing with it really took a toll on all of us, I think. Um, you know, I had some personal things that happened. I had some loss in my family. And I just felt I have been going, 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 going nonstop for the last three years through the pandemic. I just need a breather. And I'm going to do that by giving back to my profession and recouping and recovering and re-energizing for the next step. So stay tuned. I, you know, I, I will see where I will see where I will be uh, soon enough. But it's it's honestly one of the best things I've done for me and for my family, and it just makes me really eager and excited about what's to come. But Rosanna, I wish to contradict you on something. You have always, always given back to your profession ever since I've met you and known <laughs> you. You have always reached out and done whatever you possibly could to bring the public relations profession and industry, as well as PRSA itself, into the modern era and to do what is necessary, you know, in terms of diversity and uh, ethnicity. I applaud you for all that you have contributed to the public relations industry. So given that, you know, and you don't have to blush, you know, or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tell me about, you know, each of us has had great mentors in one's life. Do you have... What are several individuals that you consider to have been your great mentors in life? And if so, what role did they play in in your personal and or professional life? Interestingly enough, one of my mentors texted me last night, um, you know, checking on me. How are you doing? And, <laughs> and, you know, and he actually said to me, I have something I want to I want to get your take on. Can we talk tomorrow? And, you know, it's our, our relationship has so evolved through the years. And, you know, that person is Julio Rabol. Um, Julio was my very first boss in public relations. Oh, wow, um, wow. When I, <laughs> when I made the jump from corporate marketing I went and was hired by a PR agency, um, that was Julio Rabol uh, who hired me. And at that time, he headed uh, an agency by the name of JGR and Associates, and JGR and Associates was the Hill and Knowlton affiliate in South Florida. And so um, we had, you know, this dual role of a local agency, but also the, you know, Hill and Knowlton, Hill and Knowlton affiliate. And working with Julio was just such a great opportunity for me. I learned so much from him. Um, more than anything, I learned, I always say, I learned what not to do in PR, uh, probably just as importantly as what to do. And through the years, uh, I mean, here we are 30 years into my career, and through the years, he, he's been someone that I can rely on, I can call him, he calls me, we keep in touch, um, you know, we talk about things. He's tried to hire me back a couple of times. <laughs> um, we actually became partners at one point in our careers where, you know, where we hard, had our own agency um, for several years, and we were, you know, great partners. And so, I call him a mentor, you know, I call him a friend, and I'm lucky that, um, you know, every once in a while, I won't hear from him for like, I don't know, four or five months, and then I'll get a text like I did last night, and it just reminds me of what a great uh, person and mentor he's been in my life. 
And so, yeah, he, he's been, by the way, he's also who introduced me uh, the PRSA uh, Lifetime Achievement Award in Miami. He is who did my introduction, and we were all in stitches because he just, of course, he knows way too much. And so, <laughs> so he had too many a good story to tell. Um, you know, I've also had a couple of other mentors. Bob Ross, who you might know from South yes. Florida, was, yes, he yes. was, I, yeah, so I call him as one of my PRSA mentors. He is who really got me um, more intrinsically involved in local PRSA. You know, he's such a, a huge local guy, chapter guy, and really feels strongly about, you know, the chapters. And, you know, like he's always admired the New York chapter PRSA. And and so he he's just been a breath of fresh air from having this international, national view. He always brings, you know, the, the member at the core of the chapter perspective. And so he's been a great mentor that way. And then of course, somebody else that you know, Debbie Miller. And um, Debbie Miller was actually one of the key people that first got me involved in PRSA. Um, She and Bill Adams were the ones that kind of like pulled me in and said, you have to become a member. They kept on seeing me at events, (laughs) you know, turning up at events. as a non-member and then they talked me into becoming a member and through the years she's been also a great mentor of mine and one key thing that she's brought to to me is just been the perspective of a person of color and how that applies to both of us and so you know having somebody like Debbie and seeing how she rose you know to be in the positions that that she has been has been just great great for me to see see her as a role model see her as somebody that i you know that i wanted to be like and so um she's i I can't say enough good things about her and by the way she always looks fabulous so and she not only does she look fabulous but she is fabulous <laughs> well this is true this is indeed yeah. true but yeah, yeah she's somebody i i greatly yeah. admire and um boy you know can she give an answer to a tough question uh, <laughs> yeah. she she's just incredible yeah so, Rosanna, I just have a few more questions left for you. I appreciate mm-hmm. your time and the, the opportunity to have this conversation with you. Uh, we talked about your mentors. We all have mentors and uh, who have helped blaze the path for us, you know, and give us some counsel and, and advice, you know, and uh, uh, several pushes forward, you know, from behind to, mm-hmm. to get to where you are. Who are your heroes? What heroes do you have? People you don't necessarily, you know, know, knew in person, but, you know, we all look up to certain people, you know, that have come into our lives uh, in one form or another, uh, not necessarily knowing them personally. Uh, and also they could be historical figures. Do you have any heroes that you can share with us? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I have one that I know really well, and that's my mom. <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So my mom, her name is Elia, and everybody calls her Mima. And um, my mom is truly my hero. She speaks broken English. She barely has a high school education. Um, she's moved to different countries, not knowing the language. Um, you know, with basically nothing. And she's made a terrific life and has a terrific family all around her. And um, she's been my biggest supporter my entire life, and she is the person that I hope, 
you know, my kids call her today Mima, and she's their favorite person. But I hope when I am a grandmother that that's exactly what my grandchildren feel like, you know, that I'm their favorite person and that they all want to be with me. I mean, my kids all fight to sit next to their grandma when we're out anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, you know, it is insanely humorous and at the same time tiresome because, you know, she always comes first. And so, um, <laughs> but she's my hero just because, you know, I see all of what she's gone through um, again, with barely a high school education and all of what she's accomplished. And, um, you know, it's just amazing, amazing in so many ways. And, you know, I have to, I have to tell you kind of like an off kilter hero of mine is Frida Kahlo. I love her as an artist. I don't particularly love the art, believe it or not, but I love everything that was um, represented in what she did. You know, she she was this person that didn't let her um, disability stop her from doing what she wanted to do. She was determined, controversial. Um, you know, she got attention when she wanted it. She shied away from attention when she didn't want it. She basically did what she set out to do and was determined to do it. And she didn't let her ethnicity, her looks, her um, disability, her lack of knowledge, stop her. And so I know it's kind of, again, kind of like an off-kilter hero, but I do really love what she stands for and what she has stood for, even if at times it hasn't been so positive. <laughs> and so um, I don't know if that, that's what you were looking for. So maybe that is, maybe not. Yes, yes. You know, I mean, a, a hero doesn't necessarily have to be just, uh, you know, like a, a past president of the United States or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, the heroes you you have uh, reflected uh, are more in keeping with the kinds of heroes that all of us have in our daily lives, the people closer to us, you know, who are not necessarily in the category of mentors, but are people, well, obviously that's part of it too. You know, some of them, if obviously if we know them personally, they not only mentor yeah. us and encourage us, but they are truly our heroes. So it's a combination of mentor, hero, and you have the best of both of all worlds, you know, with your mom in your corner. So, Rosanna Fisk, on that note, I think that our conversation has now come to a pleasant ending. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, my dear friend, for your time and uh, for your candor today and sharing with us your views on subjects from diversity to where the PR profession is today. I wish you continued success. Thank you for joining us, Rosanna Fisk, and I hope to see you soon in person. Likewise, and thank you so much for having me today. This was fun. I'm glad it was. It's supposed to be fun, you know, not a task, but just fun. It's a conversation that we had, like many conversations we've had in the past. So thank you, and I'd like to thank everyone for uh, listening again today for another in our PR Masters podcast series. Stay tuned for more. I'm Art Stevens, your host, and it's been my pleasure to bring Rosanna Fisk, one of our industry legends uh, and leaders in the public relations industries, to you today. Thank you so much for joining us again. See you soon. And this is Art Stevens saying, have a great day.